How to be a positive leader by Gretchen M. Spreitzer. One sentence summary. How to be a positive leader taps into the expertise of 17 leadership experts to show you how you can become a positive leader who empowers everyone around him, whether at work or at home, with small changes that compound into a big impact. My favorite quote from the author is, Your behavior matters, and the more positively you lead, the more successful and happy your organization, family, and community will become. Gretchen M. Spreitzer The times of strict and intolerant leadership are over. Many employees won't accept the old top-down approach any longer and assert their right for proper work-life balance, be it in unions or by simply switching jobs, since by now many careers with attractive conditions are available. Some startups like Buffer or Zapier even run 100% remotely, meaning the entire team works from home, which can be anywhere in the world. More and more, the fact that we're all human seeps into companies and their culture, and that's fantastic. However, for many leaders, this requires a serious switch in how they interact with people. This is where this book comes in. With plenty of small, actionable changes, you can make to make sure you radiate positive energy and give power to those around you whether you're a manager leading a team or not. These ideas are especially powerful for team leaders, but can also change the way you interact with your family and friends. Here are three great lessons from the book. 1. Have more high-quality connections by giving people your full attention. 2. Connect to those who benefit from your work to see its meaning. 3. Stay true to your ethical code with one simple question. Let's lead those around us, shall we? Here we go. How to be a positive leader, lesson one. Have more high-quality connections by giving people your full attention. This answers the question, what's one of the easiest ways I can have better relationships with anyone? The bigger your brain, the more social you are. Did you know that? No wonder, then, that humans have evolved to be the most social species on the planet. We thrive on social interactions, and the more good ones we have, the more confident, energetic, and therefore creative we are. If your workplace is a hub of high-quality connections, exchanges between two people where both of them leave feeling more energized, the business is likely to thrive, because people work at their best. For example, if you feel tired after lunch but talk about yesterday's soccer game with a colleague who is equally passionate about it, that high-quality connection will give you more energy and make you feel better. Great companies try to maximize the number of these positive encounters, to maximize their capacity to innovate. Google does this, for example, with a great free cafeteria, where people can hang out, eat well, and chat. To be a good leader, you should help others have more of these connections, starting with your own. How? Simple. The next time you talk to a coworker or family member, give them your full attention. Turn your phone silent, put it away, and just listen. Don't look at your computer or gaze out the window. Be all there. Really try to understand and be helpful. The difference will show. How to be a positive leader lesson 2. Show yourself that your work has meaning by connecting with those who benefit from it. This answers the question, if I fail to see the meaning in my work, what can I do about it? Nothing motivates us more than seeing the impact of our work. When you know that the work you do means something, that it changes people and helps them live better lives, you're much more excited to get out of bed in the morning. For example, when students who worked at a University of Michigan call center and had to call alumni for donations talked to a former scholarship holder before work, 
their motivation, effort and results, so donations received, increased significantly. However, it's important to connect with the end user of your product. For example, my dad's company sells industrial adhesives, which are then used by, say, car manufacturers to fix dampening materials in the interior trim. If their chemists in the lab met a happy car owner who told them that he loves how silent the inside of his car is when he drives around, that would be a much better motivator than talking to the supply chain manager of the car manufacturer. Try to find someone who ultimately benefits from your work the most and connect with them. Then make sure you introduce your coworkers and help them do the same so you can all wake up excited for work tomorrow. How to be a positive leader lesson three. Ask yourself one simple question to stay true to your ethical code. This answers the question, how can I make sure I don't compromise my values at work? You and I have hundreds of opportunities to behave immorally every single day. We could get away with semi-legal, even illegal things on a regular basis. Yet most of us don't, because we have an ethical code. We all want to be seen as good people who make the right decisions. And shoplifting just doesn't fit into that picture. As morals become more and more important, especially in consumer products like food and clothes, this desire spills over into companies, whose employees want their leaders to be ethical as well. If your boss acts ethically, this has many benefits for you and all of his staff. For one, the reciprocity bias makes us treat others well when we are treated well. What's more, we see those who lead us as role models and want to imitate their good behavior. Whether you're in charge of the marketing team at Coca-Cola, your two daughters, or your local book club, you can always make sure you stay true to your ethical code by asking yourself this one simple question for all your decisions. Would I be okay if the consequences of my decision would be published on the front page of the New York Times tomorrow? How's that for a measure of integrity? Not bad, huh? If you're comfortable with whatever you decide landing in one of the world's biggest newspapers, chances are it passes the test of what the world will deem as the right thing to do. Here's what I learned from How to Be a Positive Leader by Gretchen M. Spreitzer. The reason I... Okay, first of all, I have to I have to make a correction. I'm sorry I noticed I referred to all my examples in this case, or most of them, I think, uh, to him. I said him or his, or so I always refer to men. Now, that's the perfect example of a stereotype at play. I didn't even notice it when I was writing, but when we talk about leadership and manager and management, most of us, even women, often imagine men. Classic stereotype, right? The, the white male above 50 in a suit, but so sorry about that but that's definitely not the case and these lessons of course apply to male and female leaders alike and if anything it means we need more female leaders so that when we think or hear the word leadership we don't automatically think of some old white dude but have a random image and it could be different for everyone so that said so the way this book works it's it's practical actionable tips and uh, 17 different experts so lots of different opinions and perspectives and obviously the most practical is if you're working in a company and you have leadership responsibilities but if not i always try to write the lessons in a way that 
it's transferable to your personal life. And going back through the lessons, the first one, I'm trying to do well with that. So showing people um, high quality connections and giving people my full attention. And you can... So I think there's another way you can use this. So obviously it's the right thing to do, right? So when you're talking to someone, you want to put your phone away. I think it's super rude. I mean, there's even, I see people go on first dates and that's totally a no-go, right? If if she were if she were to sit across the table and she takes out her phone and, for example, it's not even to take a call, right? Which would be understandable if annoying, but it's she just takes out her phone and starts checking Facebook. I mean, no go. Just, that's like, sayonara, Sam. You can go. No way, Jose. See ya. But I notice it. Obviously, I do it sometimes too, right? Not on not on dates, but I do it with friends or sometimes even family. And But I've gotten really good at noticing. So I think that's even the pre-step to this one is you have to notice when you're doing it. And the second thing I want to say about this is, obviously, it's the right choice with anyone, even if it's, I don't know, George from work who you don't really like but have to get along with because he's the male guy and he'll otherwise throw your mail in the trash. So even if it's just that, it can change the relationship. I think it can make George like you a lot better. Um, but it's also a way for you to in the reverse notice if you don't like George so for example what I've noticed is that when I'm around people and they're talking to me and I have this this inclination to go on my phone or I sometimes I suddenly find myself opening my whatsapp and scrolling through it while they're still talking I realize hmm do I not do I think this person's not that important or do I don't just don't care about what they say because often that's the case or otherwise I wouldn't be so rude and check my phone. So if anything the first step is to notice when it happens. If it happens ask yourself why it's happening. So is there actually a reason for it? Like is this a person that maybe you don't want to spend as much time with because obviously you don't care or is it up to you to just transform this bad habit and let go of it. So there's more to it than, oh, this is the right thing to do, right? Just do it. Obviously, there's more to learn from it. And, and there's some more questions to ask with this whole phone and attention thing. The second thing is super important. And I think that's what many companies still get wrong because it's tough for many companies to connect people with the end user of their product. Again, this is about the end person using it. Because the true impact, you don't, sticking with the with the glue example from my dad's company, you don't care if the supply chain manager saves uh, two cents per kilogram on adhesives. You don't care about that, right? That's not a great motivation. But the guy who sits in the car at the end and says, wow, this is silent. This is amazing. Or the person who lives in the apartment and looks out the window and says, wow, this is one window in one piece and it doesn't have any struts or braces or any stuff in it. And I can just look out and have this amazing view. That's where the powerful part comes from. And it's tough, especially for B2B businesses and industries. That's why I love working with people or writing for people because I can just directly get an email and every day, every week I get emails saying like, this has inspired me or I like this or obviously there's negative comments too. But 
just to get direct pe- uh, feedback from people one-on-one who have like this changed me like look here's the best thing is when people send me look here's what i've done and they have like a piece of paper on which they've written a morning routine or something and i'm, I'm doing it i've been doing it for like five weeks and it's amazing and that's super powerful that's very meaningful to me and when i record these for example i always imagine the people listening to them and i've gotten a few testimonials for this product people say yeah the the part i like the best is your your personal updates your takeaways to it that's what i like the most so i always try to make these lively and fun and inspiring and really positive so because that's what i'm imagining right you listening to it and hearing it and going like wow there's actually something and just if it's just one line in the whole thing that you pull out and you say I can stick to that. Yeah, I I think that makes sense. I want to try that. That's intriguing. If there's one line in each of these summaries that makes one person go like that, I think I've done my job. And I think that's really important to whatever you do, stay connected to the end user. And you can think about ways how to do it. You can do it on your own. You don't have to get your boss to introduce you to a customer, right? You know customers probably. So just go and talk to them, okay? So make sure that your meaning doesn't get sapped in the course of day-to-day operations. Just go and get it because it's always there. And lastly, the question, I really like it. I mean, would I be okay if the consequence of my decision would be published on the front page of the New York Times tomorrow? Um, I think there's a, I've had a variant of this question, which is something like, if, if this decision, or if my decision would land on the front page of the New York Times tomorrow, would I still decide the same way? That's a, that's a little different because it, it includes options because you always have options, right? You could do the lazy way. You could do nothing. Um, you could go the lazy way and just do the minimum. You can go the extra mile. You can do what's required, but not more and so on. So there's always different degrees with, um, in terms of how you can do a thing. But there's another saying, it's like how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So if you want to do the right thing once, you'll always want to do it. And the more you can do the right thing, the better. And it sort of propels and creates this positive cycle. So New York Times question, uh, just a handy tool to keep in mind uh, to and to be aware, to lead back to self-awareness from the other thing with the phone. Even being aware that you have different options, that you don't just decide and then you go and you do your thing, you send the five emails, that you have options of sending no emails, sending one, two, three, four, five, or sending 10. Just being aware that it's a, it's a decision point, it's a fork in the road, and you can decide which path you take. I think that's an additional benefit that comes with this question. Not just making better decisions, but being aware that you have options, and you always have options. So I hope, whether you're a leader or not, I hope you learned something that, that's going to make a positive change in your life, and I will see you or hear you on the next summary. See ya!